I am Michael Bonner, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the podcast of his choosing? No, says the fans of Real Play Adventure. It should be the Adventure Zone. No, say the fans of comedy. It should be the Joe Rogan Experience. No, say the fans of murder mystery. It should be the WVU co-ed murders. I have rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose video game mythos. Thanks for joining us yet again for another episode of the Video Game Mythos Podcast. What is this? Episode 9? What? Where's the time going? How is it this late into 2018 already? How did Video Game Mythos become the smashing success of a podcast so quickly? I can tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't because of me. It definitely wasn't because of Ryan. I love you, Ryan. You're beautiful. Now that I'm thinking about it, I bet I know what it was. If you're in your car, look in your rearview mirror. If you're in your bedroom, look in your vanity mirror. If you're taking a dump, look in your selfie camera on your phone. If you're with your significant other, tell them to stop talking because you're trying to listen to this awesome podcast. And then look deep into the reflection of yourself in their eyes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that is the reason this podcast has been such an amazing success. It's you. You telling your friends you telling your acquaintances, and telling your worst enemies, telling the world. All that has made this podcast as much fun to record as it has been to listen to for you. It's the motivation that your love for this show gives us to keep us pumping out backstory after backstory, lore after lore, and theory after theory. So thank you. Please continue to share with your friends. Please continue to engage with us on social media. Please keep sending us those sweet, sweet character suggestions. And while we're at it, Did you know that we're on all kinds of social media? You can stay up to date on new episodes of content we're bringing out just by liking or following us on your favorite form of social media. We have all kinds of fun stuff planned for the very near future, such as merch, cross-podcast collaborations, and so much more. And you can stay in the know by doing the following. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash videogamemythos. You can follow us on Twitter at the handle at VGMythos. Or you can follow 13 Palm Trees, our parent production company, on Instagram at the handle at 13palmtreespp. You can even check us out online at 13palmtrees.com. Stay engaged and active and with what we are up to, because as always, this podcast is you-centric. And without your engagement and your recommendation for characters and backstories, we wouldn't be where we are today. Now, for this week's character, we want to give a massive shout-out to that group that submitted this week's character suggestion our sister podcast, Gurus of Gaming. If you haven't listened to Gurus of Gaming, check it out. They're part of the 13 Palm Trees banner, and they are awesome. Every week, they review new gaming news and upcoming games and titles, as well as play games and just BS about all kinds of gaming stuff. It's a lot of fun. I want to give a huge shout-out to Roger Harper, Ryan Turner, and Josh Fulmsby for letting me be a part of that show. So, that being said, you should also check out our other podcasts on our 13 Palm Trees Network. We have D&D Kinda, where myself, I DM for everyone in the group. I lead them on an epic adventure that's completely custom crafted by yours truly. And we have a lot of fun with it, so you should check it out. 
There's also Wasted Local Talent, where Daniel and Jed get together and interview local bands and businesses from the West Virginia area and try to get them some exposure. So those are definitely other podcasts that you should be checking out because they, much like this one, are freaking awesome. So thank you, Gurus of Gaming, for the awesome recommendation because honestly, this backstory was a doozy and oh boy, is it about to get deep. No pun intended. So would you kindly follow me into the bathosphere and let me submerge you in the intricate backstory of the fearless founder of the great underwater dystopian city of rapture, the one and only Andrew Ryan. Close your eyes and let your mind wander back to the moment that you first experienced your entry into the city of rapture. And if you've never played Bioshock, then let me paint a picture for you. You're in the bathosphere, which is a small one to two person submarine-like subway that carries people from the surface of the ocean to the underwater city of Rapture. When you climbed into the bathosphere, you were immediately greeted by a friendly voice accompanied by a man in a chair with a cigar. The star of this episode, Andrew Ryan. While the bathosphere is traveling, Ryan takes you through a storyboarded personification of his life via an anti-monolithic display of oligarchical rejection, so much so that he rejected the society's restraints of science, religion, and government, and did the impossible, created his own. Enter Rapture. The bathosphere crests the underwater mountain range and opens up to the colorful amalgamation of neon lighting, welcoming block-style buildings and advertisements, like swimming downtown in Main Street in the 1950s. As your character Jack enters the city under the banner, all good things of this earth flow into the city. And as you read this, the word city sparks and goes out. You're four minutes into the game, and this isn't even the second or the third bit of foreshadowing of what's to come. So to help explain the significance of Rapture, especially to your character, let's go back to Andrew Ryan's past and the reason we are all here. The backstory. Wait a second, what is this? Is this some kind of like horror episode? Doesn't sound like it. Let's get some more appropriate music for Bioshock. It's not the music that we want, but it's definitely going to be the music we deserve. That's a Batman reference. I'm a Batman fan. I'm so sorry. Ooh, now that's some atmospheric horror right there. Much, much better. Andrew Ryan was born Andrei Ryanovsky of Minsk, Russia. He grew up in the time where the Russian government was led and controlled by an autocratic Tsar. In 1917, Andrei witnessed the Russian Revolution, which led to the Bolsheviks coming into power and consequently the destruction and the downfall of the Ryan or Ryanovsky family business. As he mentally matured under Russian government, Ryan's personal philosophy was cemented. The modern world was created by great men who strove to make their own way, and any time, quote-unquote, parasites gained control of a great world, they destroyed it. As a boy in 1919, Ryan fled to America, thinking he could make a better life for himself. Ryan, for years, 
was extremely devoted to his adopted country of America because it awarded his supreme intellect and determination with wealth and fame. But as the American economy adjusted to allow more social programs and collectivism influence, Ryan's ideals were heavily challenged. Ryan's riches lended him to owning his own personal forest, which he used for personal retreats and relaxation. Socialist and collectivism enthusiasts rallied and protested Ryan owning this much personal property in an area that, quote-unquote, should be public domain. The American people proclaimed, It belongs to God! Sound familiar? And after months of protesting, the American government stripped the rights of the land from Ryan. Ryan, furious and unwilling to accept his personal property being taken from him, burned the entire forest to the ground in an effort to deny it being given to the parasites. This upset Ryan pretty bad, and he found himself at a loss because for all of his riches, both material and mental, he could not find a country, a place, a home to accept him and his philosophies. America wasn't it. But what other option was there? Certainly not going back to Russia. In early August of 1945, Andrew Ryan watched in horror as Hiroshima decimated Japan with an atomic bomb. In his eyes, this bomb was the ultimate corruption of his ideals. Science and determination harnessed for destruction, creating a weapon that gave the parasites the ability to destroy anything they could not seize. And that was it. Ryan had had enough. On board his ship, the Olympian, Ryan traveled into the heart of the Atlantic Ocean and chose the location of his greatest accomplishment, his vision, his crown jewel. A city where the artist would not fear the censor, where the scientists were not bound by petty morality, where the great would not be constrained by the small, the depths of the Atlantic Ocean. Through various shell companies, Ryan contracted companies and paid with his fortune to construct his underwater utopia, the city of freedom, the city of rapture. So, Ryan was all alone in this giant underwater city, capable of holding hundreds of thousands of people. Think again. Ryan solicited thousands of the world's best and brightest individuals with the promise of no restraints, and the only limits would be the ones that you put on yourself. For years he searched, and this brought some crazy advancements from some smart people, and amongst that list were the following. Bridget Tenenbaum, who brought the discovery of the economic and scientifically shattering advancement of atom, which is a genetic substance harvested from sea slugs that alter stem cells and allow them to change at will. During the process of injecting a plasmid, which contains atom, it alters your DNA to contain the physical properties of the particular plasmid you are injecting, which is why it cost atom when purchasing new plasmids at the gatherer's garden or upgrading them in-game. Along with Bridget came Sander Cohen, who brought entertainment on a whole new level, spanning from music to plays to poetry. Yi Suchong selfishly studied the atom alongside Tenenbaum for his own personal gain, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Dr. Steinman, who is an accomplished surgeon who specialized in cosmetics, which was highly desired in a society that frowned upon limits, if you can imagine. Sophia Lamb, 
was a world-renowned psychiatrist who was brought to Rapture to help people cope with the potential thoughts of isolation being so far under sea. These were amongst the most prolific of individuals in Rapture, and the combination of advancements and contributions teamed with Ryan's leadership led Rapture to the absolute height of prosperity, but also to its rapid decline. By populating a city with ambitious experts, opportunists, geniuses, and breakthrough artists, Ryan set up a top-heavy class system. This societal construct eventually led way to there being a drastic distinction between the rich and the poor. An individual named Frank Fontaine, an influential voice in the poor community, founded Fontaine's Home for the Poor, which was later a catalyst in the further decline of rapture. But the challenges didn't stop there. Sophia Lamb belted a collectivist, altruist philosophy that directly contradicted Rapture's ideological founding. Ryan engaged Lamb in debates on various topics to win back public support, but the people present were usually in Lamb's favor as it normally meant them getting something that they already didn't have. Lamb's followers represented a threat to the city, and Ryan eventually sought to neutralize them by having Lamb incarcerated at Persephone Penal Colony for sedition. All hope seemed to be lost, and the foundations that Ryan built his city on had been corrupted and were beginning to fail. Tenenbaum's little sisters were corrupted by Adam, and people began to hunt and kill these little girls just to get the genetic edge. Yi Su Chong took genetic splicing and plasmids too far, contributing to the disfigured population of splicers, and his lust and greed for Adam led to his demise or we can assume, since he was found dead with a big daddy drill in his body. Steinman took cosmetics with genetic splicing to another new level, leading to the mental and physical psychosis, further contributing to the splicer disfiguring, along with physical altering of Frank Fontaine after he faked his death to hide from Andrew Ryan prior to his rise to Atlas, which we'll touch on in a moment. The population became addicted to Adam and changed everything as they see fit, and before long, murder was common, and everyone seemed to have one form or another of mental instability. The only people who seemed unaffected remained the upper echelon of the social class. Eventually, Andrew Ryan forbade access to the surface as a way to keep out the influences of the outside world. This only accelerated the black market for smuggled goods from the surface, which was led by none other than Frank Fontaine. Fontaine's profits in the poor community, along with his smuggling, led him to the rise of social status, and he eventually challenged Andrew Ryan. Ryan dealt with this at the swift fist, and in a John Bloody Wayne last stand, the Rapture Standard headline proclaimed, Ryan takes down smuggling operation. Fontaine and his thugs killed in a fiery shootout. However, undenounced to Ryan, Fontaine faked his death and worked with Steinman to genetically alter himself and he would return as Atlas. Alright, if you've never played Bioshock, here's where the spoilers get heavy. Sometime in 1956, Andrew Ryan accidentally impregnated a stripper named Jasmine Jolene. Atlas made an arrangement to purchase the embryo, as Jolene apparently needed the money. Prior to Ryan knowing of the pregnancy, and Atlas grew and birthed Andrew Ryan's son Jack. Jack was genetically altered to be able to be controlled by the phrase, would you kindly, but we'll get back to that. 
Atlas took over in the place of Fontaine from Ryan's perspective, and the war between Ryan and Atlas devolved Rapture into almost guerrilla-like warfare that ravaged Rapture from the inside out. Plasmids and gene altering made the war impossible to control. Both Ryan and Atlas fought off countless assassination attempts, and Ryan needed a game changer to gain control. As the Civil War deepened, Yi Su Chong proposed an unconventional means of breaking the stalemate that divided the city. To alter the structure of the commercial plasmids to make citizens susceptible to mental suggestion by pheromones. To many, this represented the ultimate betrayal of Ryan's philosophy, to deny the citizens of their free will. Ryan, facing the destruction of his city, agreed to Sachong's suggestion, claiming that if Atlas and his supporters were to win, they would turn their opponents into slaves and free will would vanquish regardless. These pheromones proved decisive in the turning of the tide of the war in Ryan's favor. Atlas, with his situation now desperate, and with few unspliced followers who were not susceptible to Ryan, was forced to use his ace in a hole. Now let's get back to the bathosphere. Jack. He's in an airplane, and it crash lands into the Atlantic Ocean. This is the opening of the game. Your character survives the crash, and you find the entrance to Rapture. You step into the bathosphere, and you begin your descent. Jack enters the city under the banner, All Good Things of This Earth Flow Into the City. And like I said, as you read this, the word city sparks and goes out. See what I mean? That foreshadowing? Throughout the game, Jack is visited by Andrew Ryan and Atlas, who hides the fact that he is Fontaine in the form of audio tapes. Atlas, unknowingly to the player, controls Jack with the phrase, Would you kindly and leads you on a campaign against Andrew Ryan, whom assumes you are some sort of Russian KGB or American CIA coming to make an already horrible situation worse. After Jack makes it out of Arcadia, Ryan pieces together who you are and who is directing your movements. By the time Jack gets to Andrew Ryan's office, Andrew Ryan is playing a game of golf, and Ryan educates Jack about his true self telling him of his birth, his conditioning, his experiences in rapture, and the phrase, would you kindly, which controls his actions. Andrew Ryan tells his son that a man chooses and a slave obeys. Jack stops. His mind goes crazy. A hazy hit of would you kindly's stand, sit, run, stop turn a man chooses a slave obeys a man chooses kill a slave obeys obey and as jack comes out of this fit he delivers the final blow to andrew ryan his father with a gold club andrew ryan was using so this begs a serious question why would andrew ryan the prolific founder of the utopian rapture, let someone who he just met, son or not, kill him. And this is what is left up to the players, which further enforces the idea of choice in the game. Andrew Ryan so firmly believed in his philosophy, a man chooses and a slave obeys, that by ordering you to kill him, and him accepting that fate, 
Ryan is emphasizing that his son Jack is nothing but a slave. Jack killed Ryan because he had to. Ryan let Jack kill him because he could. With his death, he showed far more strength and freedom than Jack ever could hope to have. Andrew Ryan rejected the moral bounds of science to bring society to new heights. Andrew Ryan rejected religion to enable himself to believe in nothing but himself and the confidence of others. Andrew Ryan rejected the construct of government in order to allow himself to be governed by only his own constraints. Andrew Ryan lived and built a utopian society that's only downfall was that there were too many choices and he made sure that it wasn't by the hands of a splicer, the hands of Atlas, or the hands of a construct that he would meet his demise. It was at his own volition, his own choice, while proving in his final minutes that a man chooses and a slave obeys. Hey guys, thanks for choosing to tune into this episode of Video Game Mythos Podcast. So please, would you kindly tell your friends about the show? Would you kindly leave us a like on Facebook? Would you kindly leave us a review on iTunes? Because without your help, without your support, like we said, this podcast would have gone nowhere. So please, leave us a like, leave us a review, share this podcast with your friends. And remember, it is by your choosing that we have made it to where we are today. A man listens and a slave obeys. Thanks for listening to Video Game Mythos.